the last thing that that little video said was that we take it for granted. Uh, you know, most of the world can't get up and get dressed and go to the church of their choice and worship God without getting into trouble. Uh, we're free. And, um, you know, those freedoms are under attack as I stand up here today. And if, I think it's good then that we get a reminder of the freedoms that have been purchased through the shed blood of many, many American people. Amen? I'm so thankful for the ability to preach the Word of God like I want. So far, I can still do that. But you know what? In Canada, you can't do it. Uh, and in, in England, you can't do it. Believe it or not. Uh, but you can still do it here. Freedom is a precious thing. Can I have an amen? Amen. Freedom of speech, freedom of um, religion, um, freedom to arm yourself, to defend yourself. Those are all freedoms that we take for granted that are very precious. So I'm going to read one verse. It's really easy. Since it's one verse, um, you can read it along with me if you like to. But uh, I'm reading a little quote out of 1 Kings 4, and it's kind of given us a real brief synopsis of the kind of kingdom Solomon ruled over. And so let's look at it. During the lifetime of Solomon, all of Judah and Israel lived how, everybody? In peace and in safety. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us to leave today more thankful than we've ever been for the freedoms we have to spread your word, to, to be free human beings, to enjoy the fresh air of true liberty, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm free. Amen. Now, we know that Solomon ruled Israel in peace and safety for one reason. Let me tell you why they had peace and they had safety. Because his father David had fought the wars necessary to bring such peace. That's why they had peace and safety, because his father had been a warrior. Um, the Bible says that when King David had wanted to build a temple unto the Lord, here's what God said to King David. He said, you must not build a temple to honor my name, for you are a warrior and have shed much blood. Now, the blood that David had shed had been within the will of God. He did it to protect his nation, he did it to protect his people, and he did it uh, as sort of an arm of God to bring justice to many peoples who had done wrong and were deserving of punishment. And God used David to bring that punishment. Now, to what end had David been a warrior? I want you to think with me. Why was he a warrior, anointed by God for the most part? Uh, why, why was he a warrior? So that all of Israel could live in peace and in safety. That's why he'd been a warrior, so that Israel could be at peace, so that Israel was safe. It took fighting to get it. And, and you know, war is as old as mankind itself. Uh, there's always been war. Now, as we've already said, today is Memorial Day. A lot of people just see it as a three-day weekend. All right, time to fire up the grill. We get a day off tomorrow. 
Uh, let's go party hardy. Let's go to the lake. Let's do this, that, and the other. And they never stop to think of where the freedom to do all those things comes from. How, how did we get here? Because most of the world does not live that way. They don't. So it, it's more than just a three-day weekend. It's more than just time to go out and have a good time. No. Listen, we're free because somebody lost their life in war so that we could be free. Just like David fought great battles to keep Israel uh, safe and at peace, uh, brave men and women have given their lives throughout the history of this nation and from the very inception of this nation so that we could be free and, and, and safe. And I'm so thankful for that because so many have died for this country, we, we've got the right, I've got the right to preach God's word right up here any way that I feel like doing. I can preach God's word without military or police coming in and arresting me for saying things that the, the country or the government doesn't like. We've got the right to live in peace in our own homes because patriots gave their very lives to keep us free. We've got the right to pursue peace and prosperity and happiness and our dreams, to, to be all that we want to be, to, to live where we want to live, go where we want to go, go to what school we want to go to, uh, major in what we want to major in, become what we want to become, achieve what we want to achieve, build what we want to build. Not everybody can do that. We have that freedom because of the shed blood of patriots who gave their lives. Think about it. Every night we Americans go to bed in the safety of our own home while terrible wars are being waged throughout the world on foreign soil, but not here. Our cars are not going to be blown up tonight. We're not going to face bombers on the way to work. Not yet. No missiles fly overhead. Uh, no soldiers are marching down our streets. Thank God. Amen. When you tuck your kids in at night, folks, you can thank a soldier that they can sleep all night in peace. Can I just get real with us today? I'm talking about the truth. When you relax on your front porch with a fresh cup of coffee, which I do every day, amen, because God made coffee on the eighth day and he said it is good. I know that's right. You can thank a soldier. You don't have to worry about a hostile government seizing your home. Amen? When we look back in history on just three, three wars, just three, that were fought to obtain and sustain our freedom, we see the huge price that was paid. In the Revolutionary War fought in 1775 to 1783, the War of Independence, 50,000 soldiers died so that we could be free from England, free from the tyranny of King George, and build our own country. Their average age was 17. They made $6.25 per month. Of the 50,000 that died in that war, around 16,000 of them died of starvation or disease. The rest in battle the war to end all wars, World War I, was initially fought to defend our freedom on 
the high seas, the oceans. 1914 to 1918, 9.7 million military personnel died. I'm going to say that again. 9.7 million military personnel died. Their average age was 18 to 22. They never got to live their dream, raise a family, watch their kids graduate, or bounce their grandkids on their knee. 9.7 million military personnel. In World War II, fought 1941 and 1945, 1,075,000 soldiers died to defend our freedom from Hitler and Nazism. The average age of a World War II soldier was anywhere from 17 to 25. Many of those in their late teens and 20s had a wife and at least one child hoping for their return, only to wait in vain. So let me add it all up. Roughly 11.4 million Americans died in three wars, wars specifically fought to keep us free. 11.4 million. Some of the epitaphs on their tombstones are really moving. I found a few. One says, gone so soon. Another says, faithful unto death. Yet another, gone but not forgotten. Another says, at rest, asleep in Jesus. Another one read, life's work well done. She rests in peace. This one got me. I was dot, 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 somebody. One was kind of a little more lengthy, but it sums it all up. It's on the tombstone of a fallen soldier. It says they fought together as brothers in arms. They died together, and now they sleep side by side. We owe them a solemn obligation. President Franklin Roosevelt wrote, those who long enjoy such privileges that we enjoy forget in time that others have died to win them. Amen. So on this Memorial Day weekend, uh, let me just mention a few facts about freedom. How many of you are thankful for the, the air of freedom? Amen. How many, listen, you don't know what you have till you lose it. Amen. First thing I want to say about freedom is freedom is never really free. Freedom is never free. Freedom never comes free. Not in this world. Freedom is almost always, almost invariably uh, obtained by the blood of patriots. But, you know, you, you stop and you think, well, why is this true? Why, why so many wars? Because Jesus said in the last days, you're going to be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. And when you look back over the history of the world, there's hardly been a time in the whole history of the world where there are not uh, wars being fought somewhere. Wars are being fought right now in different parts of our world. War is just a part of life, but why? Can I tell you why war and fighting and bloodshed is a part of our life and our existence on this planet? Here's why. Because the Bible reveals that we live in a fallen world filled with evil and darkness. Is that a shock to anybody? 
the Apostle John wrote this. He said, the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Talking about Satan. So the whole world is under the, the sway, the influence, the control of the evil one. I was reading this morning in my devotional, Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17. And Jesus prayed for you and me. You know what he prayed? He said, Lord, keep them from the evil one. Protect them from the evil one. Jesus taught us to pray in the Sermon on the Mount, in the Lord's Prayer that is so beautiful and powerful. He taught us to pray this, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me not from evil, but the Greek reads from the evil one. There's that phrase again. Jesus used it a lot. He he, he identifies Satan as the evil one, the evil one, the evil one. Peter said, he walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, the evil one. He came only to kill, steal, and destroy, the evil one. He wreaks havoc. He breaks unity. He attacks you. He he wants to destroy your life and mine. Why? Because he's the evil one. Paul the apostle made it plain that a constant pervasive and intense spiritual battle is being waged 24-7 in the spiritual dimension of life on this planet. Listen to what it, the way he described it. And this is why there's always wars. This is why there's bloodshed in order to obtain freedom. This is why. Because there is a spiritual root. Listen to what he said. For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies. This is a living Bible, but boy, this brings it home. Persons without bodies. The evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule, here it is again, who rule this world, who rule this world, and against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the spirit world. See, we know three dimensions, but there's a fourth dimension. And in that fourth dimension, that's where angels are. That's where the seraphim and cherubim dwell. That's where the Holy Spirit moves. Uh, that, that is where your soul is a part of that world because your soul is eternal. The things that we can see are going to pass away, but the things you cannot see are eternal. And, and there is another dimension. It's the fourth dimension. It's where these things, what, listen to the descriptions, P- persons without bodies, evil rulers, satanic beings, princes of darkness, wicked spirits. Look how he's naming, identifying, and exposing what is in that fourth dimension. And in that fourth dimension, there is an intense battle between Christ and the devil. There's an intense battle over you moving forward in the will and purposes of God. There is a battle to stop the spread of the gospel. That's why churches are always under attack. There is a battle. The minute that you fell in love with Jesus, there was a target painted on your chest. I'm not saying that to make you afraid, but I do want us to be aware and never forget it. You can never let your guard down. You can never think, well, well, there hadn't been an attack in a while, so I'm good. No, no, no. There's always going to be an attack because you're a child of God and we are not battling flesh and blood. We're in a war. And and that's why when a church decides to, to further the gospel, to reach people for Christ, brother, you better put on that armor from head to toe because you are going to come under attack from the killer, the thief, the murderer, the liar. You're going to come under attack, but that's okay because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
See, this is why most people in history have lived under the misery of tyranny and dictators and evil despots. This is why. Because we live in an evil fallen world where Satan is in control. Now, God ultimately is. God is sovereign over all things. But we hear, see Jesus saying, protect them, Lord, from the evil one. Watch out for the evil one. I pray that God uh, uh, preserves you from the attacks of the evil one. Very few nations have ever enjoyed freedom like ours. Wicked men with wicked hearts, ruling wicked governments, have kept their citizens in bondage, hungry, deprived, living lives of quiet desperation under communism, socialism, Marxism. Those are all satanic belief systems that came from the pit of hell. And it's how wicked men rule people and ruin their lives. And that's why we're fighting for the very soul of this nation We look today at places like North Korea where Christians are routinely arrested and killed just for reading or owning a Bible. Venezuela, where socialism has destroyed their nation and the citizenry are eating out of trash cans to stay alive. That's satanic. Or communist China, where churches are being shuttered and burned to the ground, and Christians are increasingly arrested, imprisoned, and killed just for loving Jesus. Why is that happening? Because we live in an evil, fallen world that is under satanic attack. But again, I say thank God, because when Jesus died on the cross, he pulled the fangs out of the devil's mouth. He destroyed the power of death, hell, and the grave. But these kinds of experiences have been the standard experience of human beings throughout most of history. And we're not aware of that because we've been raised in America where you're free. And the reason we're free is because of the blood of patriots. So because of evil in the world and the godless hearts of those that rule the nations, freedom must be fought for. It must be fought for. Now, now let me tell you something else that a lot of people don't like here. Well, not a lot, but some. Freedom comes only through strength. Freedom doesn't come through weakness. Freedom comes only through strength. Study your history and you'll find that the only way that freedom has ever been attained is by fighting to get it and then fighting to keep it. That's the only way. And if you're you're strong, you win the fight. If you're weak, you don't win the fight. So freedom comes through strength. I want you to say that with me. Freedom comes through strength. Now, our politically correct culture doesn't like to admit admit this. we got the peaceniks out there who are against the military and against just about everything. But they sure enjoy breathing the air of freedom in America, don't they? There are people out there who criticize making our military strong, people that want to defund the police, people that want to do away with the strength of our nation. Now, I want you to listen very carefully. I didn't get up here to preach Jeffisms. I'm up here to tell you what the Bible says. I want you to listen to what the Bible says. Those same critics who say, forget the military, we don't need it, and who say defund the police and all these other things, they don't understand that God has delegated his authority. Let me say this slowly. God has delegated his authority to civil authorities like the police, government, and the military, just to name a few. Let me read it to you. Romans 13, verse 1. Everyone must submit 
to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God. Uh Uh-oh. And those in positions of authority, the police, the military, the government, have been placed there by God. And I'm going to stop here and say, are they perfect? No. How many of you in here are parents? Raise your hand if you're a parent. Some of you don't know if you are or not. There we go. Now let me tell you something. That if you're, if you're parents, God has delegated some of his authority to you. Uh, you dads, you're the leader of the home. You have that authority. And, and the mom and the dad together have authority over those children. God has given you authority. Now I ask you a question. Are you perfect? No. Have you made mistakes? Are, uh, and are there some bad parents? Really, truly bad parents? Yes. Are most parents bad? No, but here's the deal. Just because you're flawed, just because you've made mistakes, does not take away the fact that God delegated his authority to you. All right? So are there bad cops? Yes. Are there bad pastors? Yes. Are there bad doctors? Yes. Are there bad just about every other uh, place where God has delegated authority? Yes. But that doesn't remove the fact that God has delegated his authority in many different places in our world. All right? So he goes on in verse 2. So anybody who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. Verse 3, for the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. The authorities are God's servants. Read that again. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid, for they have, to, they have the power to punish you. Where do they get that power? Delegated authority. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those that, are, that do wrong. Now, let me sum that up. God has put authorities in this world because of the pervasive influence of evil. He has put authority, delegated authority in the world to restrain evil. To restrain evil. So when the police arrest a lawbreaker, they're restraining evil from running unchecked. When the military attack an enemy and defend our country, they are restraining evil from taking over our country and ruining our freedom. Are you with me? The fact is, if we were to totally disarm our military today, destroy all of our weapons like some of the peaceniks want us to do, and outlaw self-defense, remove all police, defund all the police, it would not take 24 hours for a foreign nation to invade our country and bring us under their control. It's just that simple. So you have freedom through strength. And the strength is authority that has been given by God. And this is what David moved in. David moved under that delegated authority. He stood and he resisted evil. And because he resisted evil, the Philistines, the Amalekites, the Ammonites, all the otherites, he stood against them, fought them, beat them back. And for that reason, Solomon ruled in peace and safety. So because of the reality of evil, a nation will only experience freedom through strength. Y'all are quiet today. You're really quiet today. Are you with me? And once, once, once you're free, once you're free, once you have freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to do what you want, freedom to achieve what you want as long as it's legal, 
If you have freedom, once you get it, you're going to have to fight to keep it because something is always out there to try to take it away from you. Because freedom is of God and, and bondage is of the devil. And this is why we celebrate the shed blood of patriots today because they went out there and under God's delegated authority, they pushed back against Hitler's Nazism. They pushed back against Germany in World War I. They pushed back against tyranny from King George in England. They pushed back, pushed back. They restrained evil, and because of that, we we're able to be free. Now, third, not only is our national freedom sustained by strength and was achieved by the blood of patriots, but our spiritual freedom was also obtained by shed blood, and that is the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, there's never freedom without a battle, and our military and police, they go against evil all the time, but look at what Jesus did. Jesus was also a warrior, but he was a soldier of a different kind, all right? He came to earth to set us free. It says, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to set us free from, uh, from death to life, from blind to sight. From lost to found. He, he came to set us free. Jesus said, you will know the truth and it will make you free. And I'm the truth. He said, he whom the son frees is free indeed. I want you to notice that Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came to set us free from the worst dictator of all. And his name is the devil, the evil one. He came to set us free from death, hell, and the grave. Jesus came to bring freedom to you and to me, but not out here, in here. He came to set us free in our hearts. He came to set us free from bondage, from vices, from habits, from death, from the devil, from, from going straight to hell. He came to set us free. Yeah. And, and he did it by fighting a spiritual battle and resisting evil. And his battle with the devil took him all the way to the cross where he paid the ultimate price, just like the patriot soldiers have. But they did it to get our physical freedom. Jesus did it to give us eternal life, eternal freedom. Listen to what the Bible says. He, Jesus, defeated the rulers and powers of the spiritual world. See, immediately, that's military terminology. He, Jesus, defeated. That's military terminology. He fought and won. He defeated the rulers and powers of the spiritual world with the cross. He won the victory over them and led them away as defeated and powerless prisoners for the whole world to see. When he died on the cross and he's, his innocent blood ran down that old tree, that old rugged cross, he defeated the devil right then and there. He defeated the devil right there because the devil killed an innocent man right there. Uh, there was nothing in Jesus the devil could accuse. Jesus spilled his blood as the ultimate sacrifice lamb. And when he did, Satan lost his power over every person that places his faith in Jesus Christ. Satan lost his power. Amen. Thank God Jesus fought and won the greatest battle of all. The battle with Satan was to secure our freedom from sin, death, hell, and the grave. And folks, today we have physical freedom because of the shed blood of patriots, 11.4 million of them. 
And we have spiritual freedom because the Son of God gave his life for you and me, shed his blood in his battle with the devil. He resisted evil. He defeated evil. He triumphed over evil. And now he gives that victory to us. Amen. Can we stand together? Everybody say with me, thank God I'm free. Thank God I'm free. Thank God I'm free. Thank God I'm free. I'm so thankful for the freedom to speak like this. But you know what else I'm really thankful for even more? That I can look at sin and say, I don't have to obey you anymore. I can look at the, I can, I can look at the flesh and say, I don't have to do what you want anymore. I can walk free. And I know that when this heart of mine stops beating, I'm immediately going to be in the presence of the Lord because, because the ultimate soldier, Jesus Christ, fought the devil and beat him that I could be free. Can we lift our hands? Let's just thank the Lord for freedom. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for freedom in America. We thank you that we still have freedom to speak. We have freedom to get up and go where we want, drive our car where we want to go, go to church where we want to go, work where we want to work. We still have that freedom, Lord. Thank you for the freedom purchased by the blood of patriots, 11.4 million of them. But Lord, more than that, we thank you that you loved us enough to invade this planet and, and storm the gates of hell and defeat the evil one. And you set us free. Can we just thank the Lord for our freedom? Say thank you, Jesus, for the freedom that you purchased for me. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just have a thank session. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for my freedom. Thank you 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 for my freedom. Free indeed. Free indeed. Thank you that I'm free indeed. Thank you, Lord. I remember when I was in drugs. Now, I was never addicted. I'm just going to say, thank God, because I didn't have enough money to get the addictive stuff. And it wasn't as pervasive back then. But I was very, very enmeshed in, in the hippie drug culture. And I used to say, how am I ever going to get out of this? How am I ever going to stop this? One time, I'd been locked up. I know this is hard for you to imagine, but I had been locked up, and I was looking out the window. And where they had locked me up, there were some woods that I could see from the window. I saw the birds flying around free. And I said this to myself, why can't I stop this? Why do I keep self-destructing? What is wrong with me? I didn't understand. I had a sin problem. It was a sin problem. And I didn't know that there was one who was listening to me and watching me. And it wouldn't be long before I heard the gospel. And you know what the answer to my question was? There's one way out. There's one way out. Not just out of jail, but there's one way where you don't have to say anymore, why do I keep doing this? What is wrong with me? Why do I keep making these mistakes? Why do I keep making stupid decisions? Why? What's wrong with me? Why am I ruining my life? There's an answer. And there's a way out. And his name is Jesus. He said, you will know the truth. And the truth will unlock the door and let you out of spiritual prison and you will be free. And I found out that's how you get out. 
And, and when I got saved, man, it just blasted me straight into the spiritual stratosphere, filled with the Holy Spirit. None of those things that had bound me appealed to me anymore. And he set me free. So I'm here to tell you today, there's a way out. You watching by home at home, there's a way out. You say, oh, I drink all the time. I can't stop. Yes, you can. There's a way out. I'm in a relationship. I can't get out of it. Now, I'm not talking about your marriage. Don't take me wrong. Pastor Jeff just now told me I can divorce you. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if you're running with people or you're with somebody that you're not married to and it's wrecking your life, but you say, I can't get out. I'm in bondage. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because Jesus fought and died and rose again so you could get free. Well, I'm in some drug. I, I, I love this drug. It's a painkiller. It's cocaine. It's whatever. Listen, and I can't get out. Yes, you can. You can get out. There's a way out. And his name is Jesus. He's the way out. He's the way out. Everybody say it with me. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. Well, he's the way where? He's the way out. Amen. I want to just thank the Lord again just for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the shed blood. Thank you for the shed blood. In Jesus' name.